1 John this morning. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. We're going to read a few verses, and then we're going to focus on uh, verse 22. And all the verses in the Bible are wonderful. Amen? But some verses just kind of catch your heart, and this one's caught my heart today, and I think it's going to catch your heart and be a blessing and a help to you. But 1 John uh, chapter 3, and uh, we're going to read from verse 22 down to the end of the chapter. There's just three verses, right? And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, would you bless us this morning as we look to your word? And would you help us, Lord, to draw strength and courage and to draw closer to you? In Jesus' precious name, amen. <clears throat> All right, let me tell you. Uh, here's our verse, First uh, John three twenty two. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandment and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, we've just read what his commandments are. His commandments were two. They're not difficult. They're not hard. His commandments are that we love one another and that we believe on his Son. Those are the commandments that we're talking about. And then he gives us this wonderful promise. He says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Now, there are levels of prayer, right? There are different levels of prayer, and we're not going to go into all of them this morning. But here we have the simple, straightforward level of the child walking with their father and being able to ask and receive. And it's just a glorious truth for us to carry with us through the week. It's just a wonderful truth that we can ask and we can expect to receive. And then it says, uh, and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, you know, um, you might think that we're adding in a third command because we looked at the two last week, loving and, <clears throat> and believing on his name. You might think, well, it's not. You know what? The, that, that section there is the outflow of this relationship that we have with him. You know what? If you love somebody, you want to please them. If somebody loves you, it's easy for you to love them, and then you want to please them. And it's not a burden or something you have to bear. It's a joy to you pleasing them. So what we're talking about here is our walk with him, enjoying him. Just the simple, straightforward enjoyment of a child with their father. No huge <clears throat> onus put on us, just the enjoying our walk with him. And sometimes we get bogged down uh, when we look at prayer because we look at all the different angles and all the different facets and we look at the depths and we look at the, uh, you know, all, all the different types of prayer and we can get bogged down in them. But this is the simplest one and you need to have this one because everything else flows out of this one. This is the relationship where you talk to him and you receive from him and you walk with him and you enjoy him. All right. <clears throat> so first of all, the habit of prayer. First John 3.22 and... Whatsoever we ask. Somebody described the prayer life of a believer as breathing. Right? Just spiritual breathing. Now, when you breathe, what you do is you, you, know, <clears throat> you breathe in and then you breathe out. And you breathe in and you breathe out. And you do it all day. You don't even think about it. Now, if I make you think about it for a while, some of you are going to have a hard time. Some of you are going to kind of start tripping up on yourselves because uh, you have to think about this whole thing that you're, you're breathing in and you're out. But you just do it naturally 
all day long. Even when you go to sleep, you keep doing it. You just breathe in, and you breathe out. You breathe in, and you breathe out. Now, our spiritual life is this. Right? We ask, and we receive. We ask, and we receive. That's, that's the way our spirit... You say, hang on a minute. <clears throat> you mean, really, is my spiritual life supposed to be a life like that where I'm just asking and receiving of him all day? Yeah. That's the basic... You see, you, you want to have this super spiritual life where you walk with God in the solitary hours of the morning and you pray uh, deep prayers for long hours on end. But you know what? If you're ever going to have a life like that, you're going to have a life like this first. Just a life where you... Ask and you receive, and you ask and you receive, and you ask and you receive. That's just life. Now, you know what? There are no limits to what you can receive from God, except this. When you're in that place where you're asking and receiving, you want to please him, and you know what? You don't want things that are going to displease him. It's not, it's not that you couldn't ask for things. It's that you, know, you don't want to. And sometimes we, you know, we, we want to manipulate God into a situation where he's doing something for us that we want, but that he doesn't necessarily want in life. And you know what? If he doesn't want it in my life, you know what? It's not the best thing. <clears throat> if he doesn't want it in my life, it's not a good thing for me. And so, you know, as we ask and as we receive, we need to come in the place where, you know what, I'm asking those things that he wants to give, and he's given them. And all day long, you can be asking and receiving, and you ought to be. You know, we have our fellowship times with God, and I hope you do. I hope you set aside time every day where you talk to God and God talks to you. That, that's so important. That's basic to your spiritual life. But do you know that it doesn't end? Your fellowship with God doesn't end when you close your Bible and go out to work for the day. Your fellowship with God continues on. That asking and receiving, that talking to him, you know, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you, 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 you go somewhere and you're looking for a parking spot. You're asking, Lord, give me a parking spot. And you say, well, I tried that and he didn't give me one. So you didn't park the car? No, <clears throat> of course he did. He probably didn't give you the one you wanted, but he did. He took care of you. And it's asking and receiving and asking and receiving. And he's blessing. Sometimes we get bent out of shape with God and we don't ask him anything, do we? Now, those times, spiritually, you, you know, you're going to suffocate. Because you need, you need the interaction with God that is just that asking and receiving. It's that breathing in and out all the time. Now, let me make a very profound state, statement here, and we'll need to talk about it for a second. Prayer changes things. Asking changes things. Now, here's what happens to us sometimes. We get kind of confused Okay, because we've asked God for things and he hasn't given them to us. Now, let let me help you here. Uh, Is God at liberty in your life to say no to you? Of course he is. He's God. He can say no to you. Now, why would he say no to me, though? He would say no to me because it's not his plan and it's not the best thing for me. And by the way, both those things always go together. If it's not his plan, it's definitely not the best thing for me. And, you know, if you've walked with God for any length of time, you've asked him for things that he haven't, hasn't given you, and you've come to the place where you've said, thank you, Lord, for not giving me that. <clears throat> because, you know, he knows better than you do. And <clears throat> so when you ask and, and, and you receive, don't expect him to give you everything. He's not going to do that. He's going to do those things that are good for you. But when you ask, you're going to receive, and you ought to expect that your prayer changes things. Now, here's what happens. Sometimes we become fatalistic, don't we? 
We've come to the place where well, God's going to do it, God's going to do it, and there's nothing I can do to change it, so therefore why should I bother praying? Now, <clears throat> that's not true. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says you have not because you ask not. That's a terrifying verse, by the way, in James. When it says you have not because you ask, do you mean to say that God has things he would give you if you asked him, but you haven't asked him for them so you'll never get them? Isn't that a terrible thought? I mean, I want everything God has for me, don't you? But <clears throat> we've got to understand the prayer changes things. The Lord Jesus Christ taught his disciples about prayer. He teaches us about prayer. And he wants us to pray. He wants us to enter into this relationship of asking and receiving. But you know what's going to happen for you? What's going to happen for you is if you're asking and never receiving, you're going to get kind of bent out of shape. You're going to come to the place where you're not really believing uh, this thing works. Now, and you've got to understand, if you're not receiving... There's a problem. I'm going, to, I'm going to cut to the chase for you, and I'm going to tell you where the problem lies. Uh, <clears throat> it lies in you. It never lies in God. God always keeps his promise. You ask and receive. So when there's a problem, what we're doing is very often, we're the ones that are blocking this relationship. And we're saying, <clears throat> you know, God, <clears throat> why don't you answer? Why don't you do, do what I want you to do? And you need to, you need to go deeper in the sense that you need to say, Lord, Lord what's wrong? Why are we not enjoying this wonderful relationship that you've told me about? This relationship of asking and receiving. Because you can enjoy it. You know, if you're a believer here this morning, you've probably enjoyed it at some point in your life. You may not be enjoying it uh, today. But you can enjoy this asking and receiving, this simple walk of faith where you're trusting him. Uh, <clears throat> let me say something else to you. Uh, prayer changes things. Prayer should be a sweet thing for you. Now, sometimes what we do is we read biographies, don't we? And by the way, it's good to read Christian biographies. It's good for you to read those books. And and what we read in in, in Christian biographies is we read read about people who prayed for hours on end. I read about something that happened and somebody asked the the man uh, who was actually the instrument that was used in it. And they, they asked him, how did it happen? And he said, because 13 hours straight of prayer. And I thought to myself, okay, so that's, that's the, the, the method. The method is if you pray for 13 hours straight, then God will anoint the preaching of the word and wonderful things will happen. Well, and you know, you, you, can, get yourself, you can get yourself into a bondage there, can't you? You can, well, I'm not praying enough and I'm not spending enough hours in praying, right? Now, we're not talking about praying like that. What we're talking about here is we're talking about asking and receiving. We're talking about you just enjoying your relationship with God. And don't let yourself go to a place where you have, you're not praying enough and you're not doing enough. No, 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 no. There, there is a level where people pray for hours and see God do great things. But you know what? The simplest level of your Christian life is just asking and receiving. That you're going through your day talking to him and you're asking him and he's giving you. You're asking and he's blessing. You know, <clears throat> and um, he, he's reaching down and he's touching your life and you ought to be expecting that. You know, and, and, and don't worry too much about the deeper levels and the stronger levels and the greater things you want to see happen. And listen, just get back in that place of asking and receiving because everything flows from that. Everything flows from that sweet relationship with God. Your prayer life ought not to be this thing of angst and of, oh man, I've got to get to prayer and I've got to spend more time with God in prayer and if I spend more time with God in prayer, more things would happen. I just feel so under, under a burden about it, you know. It's not, no, no, just ask and receive. Just enjoy. Just enjoy your heavenly Father. As you go home today, ask and receive. Talk to him. Tell him what you need. 
you're going to have some big things in your life, and he's going to say, now, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do some work around this issue. But you're going to have a lot of things in your life that he's going to say, sure, child. Of course you can have it. You're going to have a lot of things in your life that he's just going to give. Because that's his nature. Did you know that God's the greatest giver that ever, ever touched the world? Nobody can give like God can give. It's in his very nature that he should give. And you know what? When you ask him, God will give. God will take care of you. God will look after you. But you need to ask and receive. Um, it's not time dependent. It's not how many hours you spend with God. Right? Uh, it's not always agony and angst. But let me say this. God will put some burdens in your heart that will really bear on you. You may have a sick loved one that you're praying for and it just won't quit, won't go away. You know, <clears throat> um, listen, God will put, you know, all your prayer life ought not to be like that. And you ought not to give up because some of those things didn't work out. You ought not to give up on this asking and receiving. Um, <clears throat> prayer should be as importunate as your burden is. In Luke 11, uh, Jesus spoke about uh, importunity in prayer. And he talked about asking and asking and asking and knocking and knocking and knocking. Uh, and, and, and that God would give. And there are some burdens God puts in your heart that are like that, aren't they? You just can't quit. You just can't let go. You know, every, uh, <clears throat> again and again, he brings you back to that place where you're saying, Oh, Lord. Need you to, and listen, those, those things are fine, but you know, everything is not like that. Don't, 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 you know, don't we get to the place sometimes where we think everything has got to be this agony and this importunate prayer and this crying out to him? No, everything doesn't have to be like that. Most of your prayer life will just be asking and receiving. That you're asking God for the simple things in life and he's going to give them to you. Because that's what it says. Whatsoever we ask, we receive. Right? Now let's look at some of the promises of prayer. Uh, from the scripture. <clears throat> John 14, verse 13. Let me just read them out. You can write the verses down and, and look them up later on, right? John 14, verse 13. And whose, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, verse 14. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, verse 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. John 15, verse 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, uh, he may give it to you. John 16, and verse 23, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, you know where all those verses come from? They come from the upper room discourse. The Last Supper with the Lord. And he's talking them through the fact that he's going to go. And he's giving them one wonderful thing to hold on to when he goes. And he's telling them this. He's telling you, you can ask and you can receive. Five times he tells them, <clears throat> you can ask and you receive. Now, <clears throat> you're looking at John 14, John 15, and John 16. In the middle is John 15. And in the passage in John 15, it's that wonderful passage where it talks about us abiding in him. Uh, that he is the, he's the vine and we're to abide in him. And you know, that's the key to your prayer life. The key to your prayer life is your walk with him. The key to your prayer life is that you're abiding with him. Now, how do you abide with him? You believe and basically you love. That's, that's what it's talking about. You believe and you love. That's how you abide in him. That's how you spend that relationship with him. You just abide in him. And when you abide in him, you can expect that you're going to ask and you're going to receive. Now, I'm making it as simple as I possibly can. And the reason is, 
I want to encourage you in this area. I want to encourage you just to be in that habit of prayer, of asking and receiving. Do you know that you have a Heavenly Father that loves you so much that it's His delight to bless you? That's what the Scriptures tell us, that He delights in blessing His children. But we get all snarled up and all caught up, and you know we think we're not good enough, and we think we don't do enough, and we think we don't pray right, and we think we don't do... And we get all caught up, and we miss out on it. All I do is ask and receive. Are there problems in my life that God wants to deal with? Well, of course there are. Is he well able to deal with them? Of course he is. Will he deal with them? Yeah, he will. But you know what? That does not disturb the flow of my relationship. The only thing that disturbs the flow of my relationship with him is sin that I won't confess, that I won't deal with. In other words, I know about it, but I'm not getting right about it. I'm holding on to it, right? Uh, You see, if I hold on to sin in my heart, then the Bible says the Lord will not hear me. But the nature of my spiritual life is one of walking with him and asking and receiving. You see, I'm in with God. You say, why are you in with God? Because I'm his child. So are you. You're his child this morning. You're in with God. If you're born again by faith in Jesus Christ, you're in with God. You don't have to earn your relationship with God. He gave it to you. You need to enjoy it. There's a level where you just need to enjoy it. Let me give you some other verses. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I think that's a promise. It looks like a promise to me. You know, um, Matthew 21, verse 22, And all things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. By the way, this issue of believing comes up again and again. And <clears throat> there are a lot of things that we get, we get all snarled up on in the Scripture. One of the issues that's as simple and as straightforward and keeps coming up is this, and really, in many senses, all the other issues come out of this issue. Believing. Trusting. How did I start my relationship with God? There came a day when the Spirit of God convinced me I was a sinner that deserved hell. Right? And I realized that there was a way out of it. And I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believed. Beginning of relationship. I didn't do it. I didn't make it happen. I believed. Do you know what happens in your walk with God? You continue your walk just in the same way. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. I'm never going to be good enough for God. Not myself. But I don't have to be. Because I've got him. I've trusted him and I've got him. So I can walk with him. I can know, I can know that relationship uh, with him. And so he, here's the deal, though. When I come to prayer and I come to asking God for something, that there's, there's two issues to it. One is I'm trusting him. My life. I'm living a life where I'm trusting him. The second thing is I'm trusting him for this issue. There's no point in me coming and asking God, you know, I know you probably wouldn't do this, Lord, but, you know, I'd really like it. Now, you know what? God is so generous that sometimes he he answers prayers like that, but that's not the kind of prayer that he wants. He wants you to come to him based on the fact that you're his child and the fact that he's your father and he wants you to ask and receive. It's kind of scary. It's kind of heady, you know, because here we have God, the God of heaven, the one who sits on the throne, the one who is the holiest of holy. And he says, you come and ask and I'll give. Come and ask and I'll receive. You know what? If some earthly person with a lot of money was to f- send you a letter and say, listen, ask and you'll receive, you'd be on the phone this afternoon. 
You, you listen, I'm telling you, what? You would be there. You would be trying to make it happen. God says, no, 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 ask me. I'll, I'll give to you. And by the way, <laughs> you don't understand this too, that God is honored when you ask him. He's not honored when you work it out yourself and, and ignore him. Now, sometimes when you ask him, he's going to help you work it out. But uh, <clears throat> God is honored when you ask him, when you just ask and receive. Um, <clears throat> Mark 11, verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what's, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Luke 11, verse 9, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. James 1, verse 5, And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Now, you know, just catch this thought out of, out of what we're looking at there, right? God has no problem giving to you. No. It's his very nature. When you got saved, he didn't bring you in, you know, and let you come in and start off, you know, on the lower levels and work your way up to being close to him. He started you off as a child. He adopted you. He made you his own. He took you into the household. You're his. He doesn't want you thinking, oh, you know, someday... Someday I'll work my way up the spiritual ladder and I'll be able to ask and receive God, things of God. No, no, no. He wants you to do it today. You say, but I'm not sure I'm in the right place. Get in the right place. What's, what's between you and God? Well, I don't know. I just feel like there's lots of things between me and God. Listen, God is well able to show you what are, what's between you and him. And if you come to God and you, with open heart, honest heart, say, Lord, is there something between you and I? Is there something I've done that's wrong? Is there something you're not happy with? Lord, if there is, I want you to show me so I can deal with it and get it out of the way because I want, I want this relationship with you. You know what? The Spirit of God's able to point it out to you. The Spirit of God's able to actually show it to you so that you can deal with it. Now, he won't show it to you for you to play with, but he will show it to you if you, if you really want to deal with it. And you can clear, clear the things that are between you and God out of the way because God wants relationship with you and he wants you in this asking and receiving relationship. All right? <clears throat> Number three, the conditions of prayer. Now, you, knew, you knew we were going there, didn't you? You were finally going to come to the conditions of prayer, right? Well, well, well let me give you from our passage just the two conditions. One, keep his commandments. I know you say, oh, I know, keep his commandments. Now, what commandments are you going to keep? Well, he only gave us two. But you know what? Jesus was clever. And when he gave you two commandments, he wrapped up a whole lot of stuff in them. He wrapped up a whole lot of things uh, in those commandments. First of all, he said, sorry. He wants you to love the brethren. Now you say, okay, that's, that's okay, I can love the brethren. Now we talked about that last week, didn't we? That's much harder than it looks at first sight, isn't it? Because you know what? Uh, the brethren are not always people that rub you the right way, are they? The brethren, in fact, can very often um, <clears throat> rub you the wrong way and make things difficult for you, can't they? It's amazing. And by the way, it's amazing. You know, you can live with the world sometimes and you can get on fine with the world because th- that's the world. But when it comes to the brethren, you have a problem because they do this and they do that and they don't do this and they don't do that and you can have a problem. And you know what, you know what God says? I want you to love them. But, but, but you know what? He doesn't allow for buts. But if they would change, 
He doesn't want you to change them. He wants you to love them. You say, but that's impossible. That's exactly the issue with love. Love's impossible. But the kind of love that God is talking about is impossible. How, how, why would Jesus love you and I? <clears throat> no reason, except he chose to. Now, here's the thing. He wants you to love the brethren. Why does he want you to love the brethren? Because he loves the brethren. And you know what? If you love him, he wants you to love them too. And you say, oh, pastor, I can can love this one and this one and this one, but that one, oh. No, he says he wants you to love them. And you see, here's what you're going to find in your life. You're going to find your spiritual life. That you know your, your beautiful walk, your, your, your beautiful breathing out and breathing in, your, your asking and receiving is going to get interrupted every time you stop loving the brethren. Every time you let somebody get irritate you and get under your skin and you have a problem with them, what you're going to find is, you know, asking and receiving stops. And here's what you're going to be doing. You're going to say, what? What, Lord? What's wrong? What's the problem? And he's going to be saying, uh, that one there that you don't love. Now, listen, I, look, I can't convince you of it. It's not even my job to convince you. That's the Spirit of God's job to convince you of it. But you know what? If you're open to it, you'll see it happen in your life day by day. When you get bent out of shape with somebody and you kind of cut them off in your heart because you're bent out of shape with them, you know what happens? Things go wrong between you and God. Because he says, I want you to love the brethren. Now, you know, and, and here's the thing. We carry God with us all day, or he carries us with, us, with him all day. Uh, and, you know, we have this relationship that goes on. All, and we, we keep interacting with other people all the time, too, don't we? And you know what we find? We find that this area is the area of testing. Now, what, what do I have to do to love somebody else? Well, basically this, right? <clears throat> I have to die to self all the time, don't I? Don't I? I have to die to self because you know the problem with other people? The problem with other people is they don't see it my way. Everybody doesn't want it my way. Everybody doesn't want to do it my way. And you're, isn't that frustrating? They don't see it your way. They don't want to do it your way. They don't want to, they don't want to take care of you and look after you. No, they don't see it that way. And you know, again and again, you come to the place where you have to die to self. Where you have to say, okay, not my way but thine. Where you have to step out of the way and let the Spirit of God move you spiritually. Because you're supposed to love the brethren. Second thing is, you're supposed to believe. Now, believing is another hard thing. I mean, when you got saved, <clears throat> here's what happened, right? You got saved. You came to the place where you knew you were going to hell, and you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you believed, you depended. Kind of you had no option, really, did you? Now, you did. You could have chose not to, but, you, you know, there was kind of no option. It was kind of would have been a pretty dumb choice. I remember sitting there thinking it through and thinking, okay, um, if I do this, God's going to change my life. I know it. He's going to come in. He's going to mess up all my plans. He did, by the way. He messed up all my plans. Uh, none of the plans that I had for, uh, uh, at that time, <clears throat> he, he, didn't, he didn't even think about them. He just kind of, he changed them, but he gave me a much better plan. Right? But, but I knew God was going to mess up all my plans, and I didn't want my plans messed up. I thought my plans were pretty good plans. Right? <clears throat> and I, I, I did not want him coming in and messing them all up. But if I said no to him, I knew I was going to hell. And so I said, Lord, yes, I want to trust you. And I chose to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior, and he saved me and he changed my life for the better. You know, God always changes for the better, never for the worse. Right? <clears throat> okay? But you know what? <clears throat> Here's the reality. I live a life of faith, a life where he keeps saying to me, okay, Dave, will you trust me now? All the time. 
All the time. He's always asking me, will I trust him? He's always asking me, will I depend upon him? He's always, he's always giving me choices. Are you, going, are you going to do this, Dave? Or are you going to do, are you going to do what I want you to do, Dave? Or are you going to do what you want to do? Well, 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 I trust you, Lord. And sometimes I say, no, I don't trust him. And I go my own way. And then, then, I, then I hurt. Because what happens is this relationship gets interrupted. You see, I've got to trust him. I've got to love the brethren. And I've got to trust him. And daily... There are opportunities to trust or not to trust. By the way, trust is not a feeling. Believing on God is not a feeling. Believing on God is you choosing to depend upon him regardless of the circumstances. And that's what he wants. And you know what? All day long, he's given you opportunity to love the brethren. And he's given you opportunity to trust him. All day long. And you know what? If, if, if you find yourself not really walking with God and not really enjoying this, asking and receiving, this breathing, this in and out, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find your problems in one of those two areas. You're not loving the brethren, and, <clears throat> and you're not trusting in him. You're making decisions that, you know, well, I, I, I know that's what God wants me to do, but you know what? I, I could never do that. No. You need to come, off, come down off it and say, yes, Lord, I will. And you say, you look at some people, well, well, I can't love them. Listen, you know what? He has enough love to love through you if you let him. If you'll invite him into the situation, he'll help you to love the brethren. <clears throat> but you've got to love the brethren and you've got to believe. And then <clears throat> he says, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, you can think of this as a burden if you like. But it's not. If you walk in this breathing asking and receiving relationship with him and you're knowing him and walking him, do you know what? The most natural thing in the world is to do those things that please him. You know, you, you, you don't have to force yourself to do the things that please him. No, it's a relationship. You just want to please him. You know, if you're in the place where your Christianity is, yeah, well, you know what? <clears throat> I got saved and I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do the other, but I'm going to heaven when I die, so bless God, you know what? That's like eating lemon juice from here till then, uh, but I'm, 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 I'm hanging faithful to the end. That's a sad kind of Christianity. That's not the way Jesus intended it to be. He intended to be a life where you ask and receive, where you walk with him and you know his blessing. Every day, every day, just as many opportunities as he gives you to believe and as many opportunities as he gives you to love the brethren, you know what? <clears throat> He's there uh, to bless in your life. Now, um, let me just help you with this relationship. Let me give you a couple of things that this relationship uh, is not. It's not because you're one of the good guys. Don't we sometimes get that idea, well, I'm one of the good guys. You know, I should be receiving because I'm one of the good guys. I'm not one of the good guys, and neither are you, okay? Here's what happened. Um, 30 years ago this month, somebody presented the gospel to me. God said, I'm offering you salvation. What have you got to offer me? And I, I tried to offer him all the things I had, and he said, no, I'm not taking any of those. They, they don't count. I, I'm a good person. He, he, didn't, he, he wasn't buying that. I don't do anybody harm. He wasn't buying that. You know, God said, I'm offering you salvation based on nothing you've got, based on the fact that I love you and I sent my son to die for you. Will you receive it? And I said, yes, please, Lord, because he sent his spirit to convict me. And I received it. I received him. I got saved. I got born again. <clears throat> but you know what? It wasn't because I was a good guy. 
It was because he's a great God. And you know what? If that's the basis of my relationship with him, it's not based on the fact that I'm a good guy. When I come to God with the idea that I'm a good guy, I kind of mess things up. Because God says, I know you. You're not a good guy. I didn't save you because you're a good guy. I saved you because I love you. My relationship with God is not based upon the fact that I'm a good guy. And sometimes that's where we go. And then we get bent out of shape because God's not coming to the party. No, I'm not a good guy. My relationship with God is not based on the fact that I deserve it. Well, I've done this and this and this for God. God could at least do this for me. How often have you heard somebody say that? How often have you said something like that? No, you don't deserve anything from God. If God were to give you what you deserve, it would be hell. It's not based upon what you deserve. It's not based upon the fact that you've earned it. You haven't earned anything with God. It's because, as his child, he loves you. That's why you live to please him. It's because, as his child, how did I get to be his child? Mercy. Mercy, all capital letters, mercy. I didn't get to be his child by earning it. Wouldn't it be terrible if you came under conviction of sin and and somebody sat you down and began to counsel you and said, okay, now, well, here's what we'll do, right? We're going to start you off slow. There's 613 commandments in the Old Testament. We're only expecting you uh, to memorize 10 of them for next week. And when you have memorized and are accomplishing all 613, then you can be saved. You know what? Not many people would be saved, would they? Because we're not able. But you know what? In mercy, he took me and made me his child. My relationship with God began in mercy. My relationship with God continues in mercy. It's not based on me, and it's not based upon what I do or what I fail to do. It's based on him. Now, two thoughts, and then I want to close, right? First thought is this. This relationship is yours because of the new birth. This relationship is not something you have to work up to or attain or make happen. It's yours. When he died on the cross, he paid for this relationship for you. The second thing is this, right? Live to please him. Live not a duty. Not a, not, not a work that you have to do. But you know what? Listen, I've got a relationship with him. I walk with him in this breathing, this asking and receiving relationship. And you know what I want? I want to please him. I, I, I want to look up at any hour of the day and say, Lord, are you pleased with what you see in my life? Are you pleased with what you see in my heart? Not a burden. Not something I have to do. No, just, Lord, are you pleased? I want to live, in a, live a life that's pleasing in his eyes. I want him to be pleased with me. You know, the greatest thing you or I are ever going to hear is going to be, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the greatest thing we're ever going to hear. And you say, oh, yeah, that's what concerns me, Pastor. You know, I'm not sure I'm all that good and that, that faithful. Well, what does it take to be a good and faithful servant? You just do what the master asks of you. Isn't that all? You just do what the master asks of you. And you know what? He knows you. He knows what you're able for. He doesn't ask of you the impossible. 
Other people can ask of you the impossible. Sometimes you ask of yourself the impossible. He doesn't ask the impossible of you. If you will just do what he would have you to do, you can walk in this easy, sweet, wonderful relationship with him. You come this morning and you say, listen, Pastor, there's so much between me and God. Why don't you just, as we pray in a few moments, why don't you say, Lord, I want to put all that aside. Lord, I want to deal with all that. I don't want that in my life, Lord. I reject it. I repent of my own way. I want your way. I want this sweet relationship with you. Why don't you just do that? Maybe you come this morning and you're not saved. You're not born again. Today would be a great day to get born again. You know know why? Because today you're breathing. Tomorrow you might not be. Today is a great day for you to get born again. What do you need to do to get born again? Realize you're a sinner. You have a problem with sin. Everybody on this planet does. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only person that ever walked this earth without sinning. Realize you're a sinner. Understand that your sin has a consequence. And that consequence is that it has estranged you from God and you have earned a place in hell. But understand this too, that Jesus hung on a cross 2,000 years ago with your sins on his body, in his body on the tree, and he bore your sin. And that he says, if you will trust him, what he did, that he will save you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? You believe in him. You trust in him. Listen, there's a bunch of people in this room that have done it. It's real. 30 years ago this month, I asked him to save me. I knew nothing about God. I knew two things. I knew I was a sinner and I was on my way to hell. And I knew there was an offer of salvation. And you know what? I said yes. And he, he did the rest. And he would do it for you too. If you're not born again, today would be a great day to get born again. Let's stand quietly for prayer. Now, Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. And, Lord, thank you for the sweet relationship you offer us. Now, Lord, we come today and, Lord, we confess that, Lord, though it's simple and straightforward, it's easy for us to get on the wrong side of it, Lord. It's easy for us, Lord, not to love the brethren. It's easy for us not to trust you. But, Lord, your children want to be right with you. Would you bless now? Would you help them? And, Lord, it's easy for us to live our lives apart from you and never come to you for salvation. Lord, would you touch that one today, too? Just where you stand, as the Spirit of God is dealing with you, would you just respond to him? If he's dealing with you as a child and saying, I want this walk with you, would you just say, yes, Lord? Ask him to take away whatever it is that's hindering you and learn to walk with him, love the brethren, and trust in him. And if you're here this morning and you're not saved, would you come to him? Because he says if you'll come, he'll receive you. It's a matter of you wanting to come to him. Would you just come to him with your sin and understand that Jesus paid the price for it? Trust him. Just where you stand, you just do business with God. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for dealing in the hearts of your children. Thank you for, Lord, <coughs> offering us this wonderful, sweet walk. Now, blessed Spirit of the living God, 
Uh, would you do a work in our hearts and lives that will go far beyond this morning, Lord? If there's one here that's not saved, may today be the day, Lord, when they trust you. And Lord, for your children, Lord, may, to, to, uh, may tomorrow, may even today be a new day, Lord, when we live this sweet relationship of asking and receiving. And Lord, to you be the glory in Jesus' precious name.